We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, welcome back to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash, broadcasting from the 590 studios, also the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by stltaxlawyer.com. 590 The Fan is the home of the Fighting Illini uh, here in the St. Louis area. And Smash, uh, we've got a guest we're going to get to in a second, but I do want to give a shout-out to Miller Furniture. Uh, for all of your American-made furniture needs, please check out Miller Furniture, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, furniture.com. Uh, they've got probably one of the biggest selections of American-made furniture here in the St. Louis area, yep. locations in Belleville and Lake St. Louis, Missouri. So definitely check them out and tell them Milty sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, our guest today, we're very fortunate, is one of my former uh, undergraduate professors uh, in the Recreation, Sport, and Tourism Department at the University of Illinois, Dr. Michael Raycraft. Dr. Raycraft, welcome to the program. Wait, can I, can Good I morning. <laughs> Good Doc, morning. It's a pleasure Doc, to be here. Doctor, can I stop you for a second? What what sure. is recreation? What did you just uh, say he was professor of? Recreation, sport, and tourism. It's amazing. <laughs> I've it's never amazing. heard of you that. Know, it's a big program. The University really? of Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Bravo, largest, Doc. Hey, my friend, it's the largest industry on earth. That's well, right. That's a good point. Tourism. Absolutely. That's a good point. That's Absolutely. a good point. So, Doctor Raycraft, like I said, I was an accounting major at the University of Illinois, yeah. and but I wanted to be a sports agent. That was my. That's yeah. what I want. I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to be a sports agent. So I don't know how I first got into one of your. Cl- I mean, these classes are very difficult to get into. Really? At the University of Illinois. Um, I think I maybe took was it RST one hundred and one or something, and I got to know. You took some basic stuff, and somehow, against all odds, <laughs> you somehow got through it, which was amazing. And uh, we're still shocked by it. We're still and shocked I, by it. I, I, re- I reviewed your academic profile, actually, once when you called me yesterday, and I was like, yeah, he did make somehow make it through. Congratulations. <laughs> I think I took, like, one you of know. your master's levels co- level courses, too. You did. Yeah, I would say it could be the greatest upset in the history of American uh, <laughs> higher ed in the United States, what, what some would say. Uh, that's good. But uh, anyway, I, we're, we're getting off topic. No, you're one of my favorite professors <laughs> of all time, and uh, I wanted to have you on today because I know that uh, – Coach Lou Henson, who's, who passed away earlier this year, uh, you were very close with, and I've been wanting to have you on for a while now. The timing of it is sort of irrelevant. But um, wanted to have you on to talk about Lou Henson, uh, just who he was not only as a, as a basketball coach at the University of Illinois, but, but as a person in the community there because I know he spent a lot of time even after he, after he retired in Champaign, Illinois. So what can you tell us uh, about the legacy of Lou Henson? Well, what's what's very interesting is my my relationship with with Lou uh, really came on uh, at, the, at the end of his tenure in Champaign. There was about a year and a half where he was on campus uh, before he went down to he was in New Mexico State twice. When he went before he went down to Mexico State, he had about a year and a half on campus where he did work in fundraising and university relations. And so, really, that's where I got to, to the opportunity to work with Lou as a as a human being, and off the court, and you know, let's have coffee and talk about life. And he was such an incredible role model as just a, for someone who was a kind, decent, engaged person. That uh, it's a very inspiring story, and he remained remain that way and he, he remained in touch with his colleagues he, he remained in touch with his with his student athletes it's a lifelong relationship with him um and it's it's it goes on to this day yeah and 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 as far as his coaching career i mean he, he started out um well he graduated from new mexico state and then coached there 
Um, and then came to the University of Illinois. I guess was it in the well, you know, there's a little bit more than that though, because his first college job was at a small university in West Texas, known as known as Hardin Simmons. And this was in 1962 when he took this job, his first college coaching job. And what's unique about Lou is when when he took that job, Hardin Simmons was not an integrated campus. Okay, mm-hmm. this is 1962. This is right. 60 years ago. Okay, wow. Lou Henson would not take the job unless they integrated their, you know, their basketball program. And by integrating the basketball program, they had to integrate the entire campus. Ah, and wow! So he changed That's the whole. Heavy. He was uh, he was way ahead of his time with that. Yeah. And at the same time, he was also the athletic director at Hardin Simmons University, and he brought in women's sports. Hmm. women's varsity sports to Hardin Simmons. Now keep in mind, this is six, seven years before title nine. So he didn't have to do any of this. All these things was not, he was not prescribed to do this. He did it anyway. Well, professor, how come we don't hear about that, about Lou Henson? Because that's some heavy that's stuff what right I'm there. trying to work. That is what we are working on right now. Yeah, you know, there's other stuff. things about Lou. Lou hired Rob Evans as an assistant coach. In 1968, I believe he was the third African-American coach in college basketball. Hmm. He didn't have to do I mean, the third. Wow. He didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. He did it. And the thing is, when you think, and Mark, you're a longtime fan of the campus, when you don't think about Lou Henson, you don't think about Lou as a social activist, you know, type, you know, he wasn't. He was a guy who was a decent man who did things because it was the right thing to do, and he really wasn't looking for attention. He was a quiet, humble man who impacted a lot of people and did things, and I think he inspires I – mean, a lot of people aren't, you know, aren't wanting to be social activists and have an agenda, but they just want to be kind and do the right mm-hmm. thing for people. You know, and Lou, Lou personifies that. You know, I, I went to Indiana University, so uh, we played Illinois many, many times. And one of the things I always took off of Lou Henson was his quiet and demure manner. Did he ever have a fiery uh, outside to him? Because all you ever saw was a guy who motivated by being, just like you said, by being kind to the situation. Well, one of the things you'll see with a guy like Lou is he was a fiery guy in the sidelines. I mean, he was not a pushover. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one of the things that everybody says, everybody, and I've talked to them, I've, had, I've been teaching basketball players for almost 30 years, he never cursed. Ah. Okay. He was not, he was fiery, he was engaged, but he was not, you know, he was a decent, kind, church-going man of faith. Yeah. And that's who he was on the surface, and that's who he was in the, in the gym. You know, that's uh, totally different from the Bobby Knight era that I was at Indiana <laughs> University. Different. They had a different take exactly. on it. I think they kind of yes. worked it out later. But, yeah. Was, yeah, I think he called him a bully once. And I think that was, a, for Lou, that was pretty foul. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Find, I find this fascinating because I'm, I'm, you know, I graduated in 2007. So I was there for the uh, the Bruce Weber era. Um, my freshman year, I think, was Weber's first year would have been after mm-hmm. Bill Self left. And so I never really had that much personal experience even even as a fan i mean i remember as a young kid watching the illini and the bush bragging rights here in st louis and you know the orange jacket is kind of what you you know what i remember about him 
Um, so it's really interesting. The to hair get. and the orange jacket is when you think of Lou Henson, that's where you go. Well, this is, yeah, this is great stuff. Um, so you've got a lecture series that you're doing um, really all about Lou Henson. Is that right? Well, we're doing a, we have a series, which we just started last night. And our, our theme this year is we're looking at sport as it relates to social justice, mm. because there's so much sport, you know, sport is so much at the Very forefront good. in terms of, bringing cultures and communities and uh, genders together. Yeah. And then we hear it and, look, and you look at all the stuff that's gone on in the last couple of months with, with social unrest and whatnot and sport, even though your partner kind of uh, demurred on the, on the impact of sport in the community, um, sport has been a uh, leader in terms of bringing people together and helping kind of define people and their rights for sure. And so our, our symposium this year is looking at, at that, uh, at those areas, well, it's we... dedicated. It's dedicated to Lou because you know Lou, unfortunately, as you know, passed away at the end of July. Um, the man was, was sick or had many you know, fought yeah. for fifteen years, and so we dedicated that our symposium this year to, to Coach Henson um, because of the times that we live in and the, and the life that he led. Well, uh, and man was a the man was a pioneer. Well, and, and you you asked off the air, what is this show about? And we certainly, you know, it's it's yes, I'm a tax lawyer, but the show really is taking on a lot of different, a lot of different it's forms. cultural. It's a cultural show, and so yeah. and you know, you know where I stand politically, Professor. I mean, I'm definitely on the conservative side of things, mm -hmm. and so what I have an issue with is I have no problem with athletes being engaged with social justice and those types of things, but I guess where I have an issue is just when certain narratives don't fit what I perceive is to be the truth or, or things that, you know, like putting political messages, uh, in right. the stadium, like the, the black lives matter on, yeah, exactly, yeah, on the court. That. Like I, 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 that turns me off personally, um, versus the way that a guy like Lou Henson approached it, which was sort of just walking the walk. Right. I mean, he, that's, that's what I take from some of what you're saying. Well, I tell you what, Mark, I probably tend to favor what you're saying. However, people, you know, sport provides people quite an audience and a microphone to, to express different views. And that's kind of the beauty of it. We're not, the event that we're doing is we're not trying, it's not about pushing any type of specific agenda at all. It's kind of looking at how does sport affect social justice in the community. Yeah, and so for example, yeah, I'm doing a there. session next week. We have Tatiana McFadden, who is, as you might know, is probably the greatest para-athlete in the history of, of sport. Okay. I do. 17 yeah. medals. Incredible. Champagne, Champagne uh, uh, alumnus, U of I alumnus, outstanding. And so we're going to look at, you know, sport and, and disability. And, and how does that work? We've got uh, your own. Um, we're going to do a session here in a couple of weeks with people from the Cardinals and the Milwaukee Bucks. And because a lot of lot of professional sports organizations right now are engaging and, you know, social justice is clearly a, a, a topic that pro sports are, are going to have to engage in. Uh, as we moving forward in terms of where do they fit in the community, and so they're going to kind of come and talk to our students about about that and how that all works. And we're excited about it. Who who's that uh, from the Cardinals and what what are they? Do you know? I what couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Okay, um, it's not for a couple of weeks, but I know they and a lot of organizations are hiring social justice um, officers. Okay, and what, is this available to the public, or are these do you have to be a student? Well, to be I able will to tell watch you this. Them? One thing I would strongly encourage you and your and your definitely your partner and, and all of your listeners is if they go to our website, our session from last night is available. Uh, you can watch it's two hours 
What is uh, that website? ahs.illinois.edu backslash Henson. I tell you, one of our one of our panelists last night was Dr. Jim Phillips, and Jim is the uh, athletic director at Northwestern. And he was a U of I graduate. He was a manager of the famous final line I team in 1989 and Kendall Gill's college roommate. And uh, he was a close friend of, of coach Henson. And uh, Jim is uh, coincidentally, he's also the vice chairman of the NCAA men's basketball selection committee this year. And the man gave us, the man's the AD at a big 10 school gave us two hours, two hours of his time last night to talk about, Lou and then his experiences with Coach Henson um, in the middle of everything that's going on right now with Big Ten sports. And so that that, that doesn't show dedication. Nothing does. And I saw you had uh, so, uh, Coach or, uh, Ed Hightower, the uh, former Big Ten we official. Had Ed, you know, Belleville guy, right? Edwardsville. Right. He's Edwardsville. Edwardsville. I, Edwardsville, Edwardsville all, Belleville, man. I think he's from Edwardsville. He was the superintendent of schools that's for the right. Edwardsville yeah. or Alton right. while right. he was a full-time Big Ten referee. Right. That guy had a plane. He'd fly around. And Dr. Hightower was the official at 12 final sports. Wow. 12. Wow. And he gave a long talk last night about Lou Henson was the person who got him into the Big Ten. And Lou Henson, you know, Lou Henson was doing doing this in the late 70s. But no one did this. You know, and he wrote these, you know, they found out later. He said, Ed made the point. He said, I didn't know he did it. He never put it, he never said, hey, I did this for you. He said, I found out much later. You know, and to, and to have an official of his staff, of Ed Hightower, who's a Hall of Fame caliber official, uh, speak the way he spoke about about, about, a, about a coach. It was it was just it was it's unique. It was unique. You know, and the other the other speaker we had was Rob Evans, who, as I mentioned, was one of the first um, second or third uh, African American gentlemen to coach college basketball in 1968. He was on our panel, and he tells an amazing story of life as a basketball coach, you know, in, in, in Mississippi. You know, and they referenced, they talked about the movie Green Book, which won the Oscar a yeah. couple of years ago. Yeah. And they were, we had uh, Lou's wife, Mary, was also on our panel, and they were talking about this is how it was. And they were like, this is a really accurate depiction of, of life uh, in the South at that time. And so it's a if you're if you like Lou Henson if you if you're a fan of college basketball or, or that that era, I would invite everybody to watch to watch it. It's a it was a fascinating two hours. That that is fascinating. I'll definitely have to check yeah. it out. I didn't get to watch it live last night, but I'm glad. But there's an opportunity the to. I did not. No, that's a great movie. Man. I'll have to check that out. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash. Hello, we're on 590 The Fan here in St. Louis, which is the home of the Fighting Illini, um, both for football and basketball. Uh, what? Not to shift away from Lou Henson, but again, going back to my fondest memories of him were the Bush bragging rights game every year. I mean, that yeah. was that was almost like a holiday here in St. Louis. The the rivalry with with Mizzou uh, yep. Smash actually thought that we were going to be talking about he, he he thought he thought Lou Henson in his head was Norm Stewart before <laughs> before we came in the studio today. Well, he's so, so, there, Smash. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you thank so you. I had to clarify. Well, actually, they were they were. <laughs> coaching during the same era yeah one at illinois yeah. one at mizzou but do you think that rivalry i mean wh- where do you see that i mean last year was like an 11 o'clock saturday morning game i'm like man this used to be prime time big time national tv and i think yeah. we were on like espnu i mean what's the deal with that 
It, I tell you what, it really has come down. And I remember, and I was going to those games when you were going as an undergraduate, and it was a tough, it was a tough ticket. Yeah. And it was always at night, and it was always there that game right before Christmas. Yep. Everyone's and home. It was yeah. something you looked forward to for sure, and it just has not been that way in the last couple of years. Now is that because I, of the, I, the performance? I, that... you know, and the football and the football thing didn't go so well either. Yeah, right. when you were in school, that was the, we played them every. We played Missouri every year. Yeah, yeah. we lost. I'd actually, like to see that go back. We, we they, you, I, Missouri killed us. Yeah, the year we went to the Rose Bowl, that Mizzou beat them. That was one of Illinois' yeah. three losses. They finished nine and three, and they I got. I don't think that they won that series ever. Four. It was I four recall. years. Yeah. Yeah. Was it six years, Dave? Dave's our producer. He's he's the sports almanac. Dave he knows. can tell us. Yeah, it was a total of six games because they played a couple, took a couple of years off, and then played four more. And the Illini lost each and every game. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. even basketball. So yeah. I mean, the, the the rivalry. I guess maybe it's because the teams just aren't as good right now. So if both teams can That's get what back, I think. But that game was always a game, no matter if the teams are good or bad. Good point. They, that was always a different type of game. Yeah. It was they they played up, and the, just the emotion that you you know it's yeah. all those games where it was like the you know. Ohio State Michigan football game in a way, right? Yeah. Where if you won that game, even if you were having a bad season, exactly. that was a big that was that was a big get. It was like uh, IU Purdue back when I was going to college, the old Oaken Bucket yeah. game. It didn't matter what your season was, whoever won that, that was your season that game. Oh, and, well, yeah. and that was what was so, the fans could the students could go, the fans yeah. could go, everything was drivable, and that was you know made that really right. special. And it's right. one of the few college events that sponsored. By a beer company, I always find that interesting. It was always the Bush bragging rights. You just don't see alcohol associated yeah. with college it was sports. The first basketball point. game, I think I ever had a beer at for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, here in yeah. the here in St. Louis, that's the beauty of Billikens games. You can uh, they've got full bars at the Billikens games. I don't know how they get away. I don't know if that's a conference thing or yeah. no. Or well, what. Champagne's like, that's kind of a thing now. Champagne's like that now too. Yeah, uh, you can get uh, there's no. there's alcohol at, at the games. No, and football now too. I mean, that's been the last couple of years. Oh. Hey, Professor, how long have uh, you been there in Champaign, man? I have been in Champaign since 1992. Ah, okay, because uh, I've been here a while. Uh, we, well, I used to play Champaign all the time. There was a nightclub there called the Red Lion. This was back in the 60s and 70s. And, I mean, all the bands went through there. REO Speedwagon, well, they're, mm -hmm. out, they're from Champaign, anyhow. Uh, Sticks, Minnie Ripperton, everybody played there at the Red Lion. That was the place... To play, it was like the uh, Fillmore of the Midwest in a way. I'm a fan of Minnie Ripperton. Oh yeah, and you don't hear enough. Yeah, well, she was loving you is easy because you're beautiful. <laughs> she was in a band called Rotary <laughs> Connection. And Rotary Connection. Rotary Connection used to play out of Chicago all the time, and also you know, Shaka Khan. What, what people don't what people don't realize realize about her is who her daughter is. Yeah, exactly right. And and that's uh, I can't remember her name from Saturday Night Live. Well, she's the Kamala uh, Harris character on SNL. I can't think of her name off the top of my head either, but she became very yeah. famous. We're gonna have to change. We're gonna have to change the name of the show to the Over Fifty Music <laughs> Musical <laughs> Musical <laughs> Memory Quiz because I have no well, idea who you guys are. I could go all day on Minnie Ripperton. Uh, well, I told Smash <laughs> the Red Lion is back. That's now that was when I was in college. That was Station. Yeah, and now they call it the Red Lion. So it's yeah. kind of the interesting. The Red Lion on campus is one of the top-grossing college bars in the United States. Yeah. It's, it's named, it's not the Red Lion that your partner referred to, but it's a, yeah. certainly an homage to it. Right, uh, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Professor, may, may I say that when 
when you call me Mark's partner, I just want to make sure that you understand we're not living together, okay? The smash. That's the smash. He's wearing a Big Daddy sweatshirt today. Well, Professor, we appreciate you being with us. I know you've got a busy schedule, so uh, we'll have to Thanks a lot. get together for lunch again when I'm in town next. Dos, hey. Dos Reales, always a good time. I enjoyed this. You if did. I could be of service anytime, call anytime. I'm happy to come by. So, you, right. so you think this is like a legit show then? <laughs> this felt like we'll a real see. show? Do you do many media appearances? <laughs> How would this rank in your media oh, appearance? I get, I get lots of, I tell you, it ranks very highly in terms of, I get a lot of media requests, as you might guess. Man like me, learned guy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and also, I will point out, too, the, the master's course I took, that's where I uh, presented bringing an NBA team to St. Louis, the, ah. the STL Mudcats. Do you remember that, Professor? The mud I do. The Mudcats. Yeah, Mudcats, that's a great name. Yeah, like man. the mud, Muddy Mississippi. Yeah, I even added, I even drew an illustration of yeah. Whiskers. That was going to be the mascot. Whiskers? whiskers get it? Like yeah, I cat, get it yeah, catfish? Right. I still believe it. Yeah. You, you think it's going to happen? Mm, I've got it down. I've got the I've got the whole plan in my file cabinet. I'm ready to go. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. i got to make. Go. I got to get this tax lawyer thing and run here for a few years and see if we can make it happen. Get some capital Perfect. built up, and then we'll bring you on board as a as a consultant. I look forward to it. All right, thank you, Doctor Raycraft. Thanks. Doc. All right, thanks, guys. All, All right, right, take care. Take care. Bye. That is Doctor Raycraft from Doctor Michael Raycraft from the University of Illinois Recreation, Sport, and Tourism Department. Yeah. Uh, used to be called Leisure Studies. That was that the what? that was the I former. Remember, um, is that what it is? Major. Well, it's not anymore. They changed it. But because I remember Leisure, leisure stu Studies made it seem like. Not as important. I'd love to take leisure studies because you don't have to do nothing. Well, see, that's leisure. a misnomer. So these classes were actually very so, – so I had the business school experience, but then yeah. this was I, – I really have a tremendous amount of um, respect for the program and also the courses because it is a huge part of American culture when you think about recreation, sport, and tourism. I mean, these people would get jobs. One of my best friends who uh, passed away uh, tragically, but um, he, was a, he was an RST major, Neil Lenders, and – you know, he he went from that and got a job working in, in Wichita for a minor mm -hmm. league baseball team and then went to work at the Blues and the sales department. So you nice. think about these jobs, sort of entry-level positions for people who are interested in sports and, and recreation and tour, I mean, hotels, uh, resorts, things like that. I mean, it really is a tremendous uh, industry, and, and there are a lot of opportunities for people willing to put in the work. And there are a lot of athletes who, I mean, I shared classes with many of the basketball players and football players yeah. at, at Illinois that took those courses. Huh, leisure studies, man. When I heard that, all I could think of was just in a, being in a lazy boy reclining and just, you know, taking <laughs> no, in some notes. That's that was intense. It, huh? I remember doing that. I had to do that business, heavy, huh? the business plan for the NBA team. It was, yeah. a, it was a lot of work. It was a big, big the uh, mud cats proposal. would have been big, man. The Mudcats. It's still a possibility. We'll yeah. see someday. Yeah. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with I could the see Smash. An angry Catfish is the mascot, man. <laughs> That's He was friendly. Whiskers oh, he was. was friendly. Uh, yeah. Angry is where you got to go. Family friendly for the Nowadays, NBA. Nowadays, man, it's got to be angry. <laughs> We're broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R studios.com. Or excuse me, that's Miller Furniture. And you can find them at M-U-E-L-L-E-R furniture.com for it. all your home furniture needs. Presented by STL Tax Lawyers as well. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision. And should not be based solely on advertisements. And Smash, you can find us here at 590 AM, yeah. 590thefan.com. You can download the podcast. You can also find us at themarkmiltonshow.com. How about the Milton Law Group? And anyway, you just started that up. That's fantastic. Well, the Milton Law Group, we've rebranded recently. We'll talk about that. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about the Milton Law Group. It is done.